Welcome to the second season of the Gutsy Health Podcast with Shanique Roney and Gina Warfel, where we share uncomplicated, practical, and affordable wellness education so you can be a self-healing champion. This episode is brought to you by the Gutsy Health Membership Program, a program that gives you inexpensive tools and resources to heal your mind, body, and soul. Visit our website at mygutsyhealth.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. I have my co-host Gina Warfel with me and a really special guest, Haley Scarborough. And Haley and I go way back when Tristan and I first started the Provo Health Clinic. We got really excited about our Lyme protocol and the research around hyperbaric and Lyme. Haley was one of our very, you were our second Lyme patient client. Yeah. And so it's been what, three years now? Yeah. I can't believe it's been three years. Actually. I was like, how did all that time go by? Isn't it insane? And you and I ran into each other at Trader Joe's like a week and a half Mm -hmm. ago. And I was like, tell me all the things. How are you? Like, how are you feeling? Like talk to me. And I want listeners and people with Lyme disease and like people that are having health struggles. Like I think they can relate very, very closely to you and your story. And And so, you know, Lyme disease is a very, very traumatizing disease, right? People don't realize that how you feel like a prisoner in your own body and it's Mm -hmm. scary. And people don't realize that there is a heavy amount of PTSD involved, but they can't really put their finger on it. Right. And so I would love for you to share your story with Lyme disease and the things that you have done and the things you've tried and the things that worked and the things that didn't work. And so let's start there. Like tell listeners who you are and what your story is. Oh man, I feel like that is just a huge loaded question. So I'll try to give a briefer version. (laughs) And looking back, of course, you see it differently than when you were going through it. Mm -hmm. But basically what started me on the path was being pregnant with my fourth child. Mm -hmm. And during that pregnancy is when things started really kind of going downhill. I was not feeling well. I had migraines consistently, daily fatigue and sour stomach, horrible heartburn that would make me throw up. And then just recurrent yeast infections and gut problems, Mm -hmm. really bad anxiety, Mm -hmm. really, really bad. And typically my pregnancies haven't been like that. They were kind of getting worse as I had more kids, but it was really different than what I'd experienced before. But Then after having my child, I went downhill even faster. I just did not feel right. I just could tell stuff was off. I was still horribly anxious. I was still having migraines, which usually led up after I had my baby. And then from there, just started having like super weird symptoms and just feeling like I didn't bounce back from having the baby. Like I could not recover. So I started going to doctors. I started... Real quick, what were the super weird symptoms? Were you having neurological fatigue? Yes. Yeah. All disturbances. Like, tell us more because a lot of people, when they hear that, they can be like, holy cow, that's me too. Like, I did, I had like, so give us details. Yes. And at this time, I mean, it was really scary to me. Mm -hmm. I terrifying. Like, scary is an understatement. Like, it's terrifying. Yeah. It was terrifying. Because no one knows what's wrong with you. I thought I was dying Mm -hmm. for sure. I just had like the worst anxiety because, and a lot of times the doctors were like, 
when I would go to a doctor and talk to them about it, they were trying to just give me stuff for anxiety. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, there's like something going on. And that's why I'm dealing with all of this. Yeah. Anyway, the symptoms were like tingling throughout my body, mm-hmm. um, ringing in my ears, migraines and anxiety, the gut problems continuing and just like a gamut of stuff, like the visual disturbances, just mm-hmm. I couldn't focus my eyes if I was like reading a book. Like there was just so many random things. A lot of things I've even forgotten about, probably. Brain um, fog. So, like brain fog was huge. Did you have tremors? Did you? Yes, tremors. I mean, you mm-hmm. could just keep listing and I had it all. So I went to doctors. I went to my family care practitioner. I went to a gastroenterologist. I went to a dermatologist because I had a skin cancer spot. I just, I went everywhere. I got an ultrasound done of my abdomen. I did a colonoscopy. I had an MRI. I did Mm. everything because I was like, something isn't right. And I don't feel good. And nothing, there was, everything looked great. It was, you know, the classic story. Everything looked great. Nothing looked wrong according to labs or my tests coming back. Can you explain to listeners, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, so forgive me if I am, but the trauma of having to go to doctors and them telling you nothing is wrong. Because Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize how scary Like the experts that are supposed to know have no idea. And so you're like, what do I do now? Like it's it's terrifying. It's very, very scary. So can you elaborate a little bit more on your experience with that? Yeah, of course, being like seven years out from when that actually was going on, I have way less feeling and memory about it as I did in that time. But it was intense and it was highly traumatizing. And I definitely experienced even PTSD from that time, but even more so from a lot of things going through it Mm -hmm. after that. But yeah, I just, I remember the feeling a lot of just being like, okay, I guess that's great that there's nothing wrong, but I feel so awful that this isn't making me feel better. Usually it'd be like, oh, that's good. I'm glad that nothing is going on and I'll just go on my way. But it was like, no, there is something really wrong and needs to be figured out. And I don't know who to see or where to go. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it's a really scary feeling. And you're a new mom at that time too. Well, the fourth, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. New mom. I mean, like four kids and like, yeah, just... At that time, too, I mean, my husband is super busy, is super busy continually. And it was a lot of like me just having to navigate all of that on my own, him out of town, working a lot, and also him not really understanding it either at the time. And he is like wonderfully supportive and has always been helpful, but he just didn't at that time understand exactly. I couldn't even explain was going on. And for both of us, it was like, well, the doctors are saying that there's nothing wrong. So what are we supposed to do? Right. So it was a very lonely, lonely feeling, especially at that time being like nobody else mm-hmm. was what this is like, but me, like I couldn't find anything. Yeah. Anybody. There was like, because you have no name for it. So you can't yeah. look up online, like Lyme support group, right? Yeah. Like doctor, yeah. here's the thing is, and now that's what it was. I mm-hmm. mean, 
at some point down the road, I, when I was still trying to figure it out, I was scared of Lyme, like huge anxiety Mm -hmm. about being diagnosed with that because I knew I just had heard horror stories about it Mm -hmm. through the years, but like had nothing, nothing in my circle of anybody who had dealt with Lyme themselves. Yeah. And Lyme is tricky to diagnose, right? That you can easily get yeah. false negatives, mm-hmm. but you can't get a false positive, right? You can't get a false positive, but it's likely to get a false negative. Is, is that right? Likely to get a false negative. I think you can get a false positive. And in general, I definitely have a different outlook on Lyme overall than I used to, especially even when I first got diagnosed. But there's just... What, what is that? Yeah, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. much more broad. I don't mm-hmm. think that from just getting a tick bite. I, I there's just a, a bigger, broader mm-hmm. perspective that I have on Lyme. And again, we can get into this as we go, but I also just feel like the symptom chasing and all of the things that I was doing during that time and trying to hit Lyme and trying to hit Candida and trying to hit all these things is part of my PTSD and part of my issue in the end was that I was, I just kept putting my, all of my eggs in one basket. Like I'm going to treat candida and that's going to be it. I'll feel better. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to treat Lyme and that's going to be it. And then I'll feel better. Mm-hmm. And that's caused me a lot of heartache. <laughs> what a lot of people don't realize with Lyme. And I had this conversation with someone who was, I was talking with them about our Lyme protocol is Lyme is like, imagine a tree trunk with like termites in it. Right. And these termites are burrowing in this tree trunk and they're making a bunch of holes. And then you go and you do therapies and you kill the termites. And then you're like, yay, you're termite free. But guess what? There's still holes in the trunk. Yeah. And so Lyme is a lot like that. Like you can go and do therapies for Lyme and kill a bunch of Lyme off, but you're still stuck with the symptoms because the body now has all this damage and all this inflammation and it holes basically because Lyme loves neural tissue. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, so now you compound the PTSD with the lingering because neurological issues take months to heal. And Mm -hmm. so no one's teaching their Lyme patients. Like you need to give this a good three to eight months for your neurological symptoms to heal up post Lyme treatment. Right. No one's teaching them that like, and so you're stuck in this PTSD loop that's exacerbating your symptoms and it's probably not Lyme anymore. It's just the neurons that fire together, wire together. Right. And so it's now your body is creating symptoms because this is what you're used to. And this is what you're looking for. And because you have PTSD and you're traumatized, your body is now in this heightened anxious state and it's recreating old patterns, right? Would you say that's true in your experience? Yes. And just even hearing it is so validating. (laughs) Yes. Like, and and I see that with a lot of people and it's that anxiety and that like those cortisol levels that, I mean, cortisol is a very damn, like cortisol is the stress hormone, you guys. And cortisol is a very, very damaging hormone. And so as your body is deteriorating with Lyme, like you're exacerbating it with cortisol and with this anxiety. And, and then now the anxiety is turning into depression and now, now you're scared and now you're terrified. And it's such a mind F like, I want to use that word. It's such a mind F 
It really is. It's really, really scary. And so people need to be really conscientious of this, like this feedback loop that's happening when you're diagnosed with Lyme, when you have PTSD compounding and exacerbating your symptoms, and when you're doing treatments that are working, but your body is now working against you. So would you say all of that has been true in your experience? Oh, yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Been my experience. And of course, again, looking back, I see, and I talked to you about this in Trader Joe's, it was the doing your guys's Lyme protocol that really finally got me over the hump with Lyme, but also wow. was the realization of how much emotional work I needed. Yeah. Yeah. Did you actually get a Lyme diagnosis? Did a, were you diagnosed yeah. and was part of that? Like, did you feel relieved having an answer or was it like, no, this is everything I dreaded. How did you receive that? By then I really felt relieved at first was just like, Oh no. But at that point, I just really wanted to know why I felt the way that I did and was trying to look at things as like knowledge is power. If I know what I have going on, then I can do something about it. And before I just so lost at knowing what to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So being Even with that, like people don't thing. know Lyme, they don't understand it. Do you know what I'm no, saying? No. Like, yeah. like everyone's tried something, you know? So it's like, there's Lyme, but then there's like, well, a lot of these things fail. Right. And so, yeah. so like, I think I would love for us, as you keep telling the story, like talking about the other cofactors that we have to consider, like the PTSD mm-hmm. aspect when it comes to Lyme. So I'm sorry, I interrupted yeah. you. Keep going. No, you're fine. I would love to hear what you, so you found a doctor diagnosed Lyme. What were the treatments that you did? Are you glad you did those? Well, like take us through the timeline of like, okay, now we know. And here's another thing too, you guys, that listeners with Lyme need to understand is you could have Lyme or test positive for Lyme, but be asymptomatic. And my theory is a lot of us are walking around with Lyme disease. Like you can actually pass it through bodily fluids, you know? And so I I did not know that. Yes. You can. Yep. So if you have Lyme and you're pregnant, you pass it on to your kids. But here's the thing mm-hmm. is like, why is it that some people are symptomatic and other people are not? Right. Yeah. And my theory is that like your immune system does keep it at bay, just like it keeps E. coli at bay and, and you know, strep at bay. And like your immune system is supposed to tag and keep it at bay, but something weakens the immune system and then it comes out to play. We need to be mindful of that. You don't have to like people think with Lyme, I have to eradicate all Lyme in order to be better. No, you just need to make the terrain very anti-Lyme, right? You Mm got to get your back to tagging it. You got to get the Lyme down and you have to get, I like to call it the soil of the body, like your microbiome. You have to get the soil to a place where Lyme cannot thrive. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of co-infections and there's a lot of co-habitants that make Lyme more prevalent. Right? Yes. Yes. Talk about that, but take us, we can talk about that later, but take us through your timeline, your diagnosed, what were the mm-hmm. things that worked? What were the things you regret? What did you do? What would you recommend to people? So let's hear it. Yeah. So timeline wise, I found I went to a reflexologist at first who was helping me through reflexology in general was helping me through my pregnancy, at least in, in helping like at least some calm feelings <laughs> coming while I was having migraines and other issues. But that reflexologist actually stopped working and sent me or referred me to another one. And I found her 
And she said, I can't help you with these problems that you have going on or these health issues, but I worked with a naturopath for a while and he will figure it out. Mm. He always does. I will never forget her saying that. Oh, And so from then on, I started seeing this naturopath who instantly helped my migraines, instantly helped my anxiety. And then, and what's his name? People are going to want to know. I know. I'm like, should I share his name? Because I need to be able to get into his office. (laughs) 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 Then don't. (laughs) I still see him. He's Dr. Allen, Dr. Richard Allen. Um, he does a wonderful job. He's a chiropractor, but he does a lot of naturopathic work mm-hmm. and does figure it out. Amazing. Wow. So what did, how did he help you with your migraines? Like, what did he tell you to do? And oh, it's, it's hard to remember, but in general, he helped me like figure out some supplements and instantly diagnosed me with candida. Mm-hmm. And that's where it kind of started on being able to start working on something that helped me to feel better. Mm-hmm. So I did some supplements that helped me with my anxiety. He did some desensitization. There's just some muscle testing, like all of that stuff that he did just instantly started helping me and my wow. anxiety like down to zero. Wow. I, I think between the, the things that he did, the supplements he gave me and just knowing that somebody else was in my court helping me right. and what was going on was what really took my anxiety down amazing Uh, but he's a wonderful wonderful doctor and does figure it out so he was the first one to diagnose me with Lyme but just with muscle testing so of course I was building up a lot of trust with him and with all of the things that he did because I I hadn't seen naturopaths before that Mm -hmm. for whatever reason I've always been really open to that to a lot of natural things And so it wasn't hard to start on that path, but even being diagnosed with Lyme just through that and not with a test was like, I needed something more. I needed to know for sure. So I also found a functional medicine doctor who actually lives down here in Mapleton. And he actually did the testing for me and helped me to see through labs what was going on, but everything always matched up with what my naturopath was diagnosing me with or helping me through. That's rad. That's really cool. So, so you're doing supplements, muscle testing. It sounds like NAET stuff, right? Like the desensitization or. Yes. Yeah. He kind of does like a full circle of, of all kinds of things there. Cool. Did you ever do like ozone therapies? Did you like a lot of people fly out of the country and go to Mexico and spend $30,000? Like what's really sad about Lyme is the average Lyme patient spends about $50,000 before they come and walk through our doors. Wow. Lyme is very expensive because they're just trying anything. And all these therapies are so expensive, like so expensive. Yes. So you had probably spent tens of thousands of dollars at this point, trying to figure it out, trying to treat yourself. What were some, did you do the more expensive therapies like ozone and who knows what antibiotics? Um, at that time, by the time that we felt like I had figured out the whole Lyme thing, we didn't know how long I'd had it. Mm -hmm. And because of where I was at, I wasn't comfortable doing antibiotics. I had a whole background story of my daughter having strep throat over and over and over Mm -hmm. and over again and doing rounds and rounds of antibiotics and us all getting it from her and having to do antibiotics Mm -hmm. too, that 
I was not open to any antibiotic prescriptions or anything for my Lyme stuff or was. Can I just say, I'm so proud of you, by the way, like I hate, hate, hate antibiotics for Lyme. It like it simmers down the symptoms, but you're breaking your own innate defense mechanism. And so it just keeps raging back. But guess what? Now you're dumbing down your immune system. I have never come across a Lyme patient who, you know, when you first get that tick bite, right? Antibiotics can normally the park. But when you have chronic Lyme and you're trying to use antibiotics, I've never seen it work. I actually just see people getting sicker and sicker and sicker, and they can't absorb their nutrients at that point. Point. And so they're becoming nutrient depleted and, and it's just like, they just can't get a leg up anymore. And so that is my very strong opinion to everyone that's listening. Like if you keep having a, if your doctor keeps throwing antibiotics at you, you should probably fire them. And again, I'm not a doctor, but this is just what I've seen. I've never seen it be successful. Haley, what's yeah. your, <laughs> cause you, yeah, you I, I totally agree. I feel like I'm always, whenever I talk to people, I just, you know, they're always in different places or on their own journey. Right. So I will always just say, if that's what seems right for you, then go ahead and do it and see if it helps. But again, one of my main things was that I had already been down an antibiotic route in a different way. And I knew enough to know that it wasn't just some quick fix that was going to take care of it, everything. And that there was a lot of other herbal antibiotics and other things that were just as effective, if not more effective, if I was really wanting to just use the antibiotics as the heavy hitter. Mm-hmm. And that usually the antibiotics in my personal experience had caused more harm than good. Yeah. It were doing more damage than they were helping at and- the point we're at. And I think like antibiotics have their place and like, but again, if that's the only route and you're doing it over and over and Mm -hmm. over, like, I think people need to realize at a certain point, it's just not working, you know? And so I think a few rounds is totally fine. Like I have a lot of Lyme patients that are like, yeah, I've done about four and now we're done. And like, that's great. Do that and other therapies and, you know, hyperbaric and antibiotics, they actually compound each other and make it stronger. So if someone's doing like, combined, we can talk about combined protocols another time, but if your doctor is just giving you antibiotic after antibiotic, after antibiotic, like it's probably not working. Yeah. Big Um, red flag. A big big red flag. Mm -hmm. So is this around the point where you found us, like you heard about us on Instagram or something? Um, no, because from there, I mean, I did so much. (laughs) What did you do? I went on like a mission of reducing my toxic load. Mm -hmm. So I changed everything in my house, in my food, like Mm -hmm. uh, just so many things. I got all of my amalgam fillings taken out. I removed my breast implants. That was a huge, huge thing for me. Also, I went to California to do that. I researched and found like the doctor that did it correctly and wanted it to go well. Mm -hmm. So I was on a long journey of just like changing everything and revamping my life as far as like toxic burdens go and trying to help myself in all of the ways. And, and along the way, learning all of these things and realizing how good this was for my family at the same time. Mm -hmm. So by the time I found you guys, I had done all of that. I had had surgery and just needed something more. 
mm-hmm. to really get me over the edge. It was like, okay, I have done all of these treatments. I have seen these doctors. I've built this team for myself and I just need something more. Yeah. And then I found you guys actually through my aunt Jane, who had posted about some health issues she was having and talked about your clinic. Mm-hmm. And then I found you on Instagram, immediately made an appointment and heard back from Tristan, like instantly. Mm-hmm. And then my first appointment was like the last day of Tristan's. Was, was he in ROTC or Air Force? I can't. Yeah, Air Force. In Air, Force. Air, Force. Air Force. Air Force. Yeah. It was his last day. So in fact, he had called and said, hey, can we move the appointment like 30 minutes? Because I have to finish this last day. <laughs> and then Aww. and then I met with you guys. Oh, what a good memory. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, I know. So so you met with him. I met with Tristan and did a consult. And here's my oh, Tristan had like this, you know, of course. He was so calming and knowledgeable. And <laughs> as soon as I met with him, I was like this is what I need to do. And he is like giving me all of the, the vibes and good feelings that I needed at that time. So every time I would meet with him, it was like the sound calming feeling like I'm in the right place. Yeah. It was really, really exactly what I needed when I needed it. Yeah. That's amazing. And so so we started doing like the hair scans and you started, we started hawk at first, right? Like, cause we, yes. your body could handle things. Yeah. And you're... just, can you pause there for anyone who doesn't know what a hawk it is? Can you oh, yes. <laughs> so, so, trans- I didn't know what a hawk it was until I met you. Yeah, so. you're like, what in the world are you saying? Yeah. So it's this, we call it the magic egg. It's this uh, sauna yeah. that you sit in with your head sticking out and it's transdermal ozone therapy. And so it heats you up. It's a sauna, it's infrared. It stimulates your immune system with heat and with the infrared, and then it puts um, ozone gas in. And so your skin absorbs it versus IV. And so ozone is a highly, highly, highly reactive molecule. It's O3. So oxygen is O2 and it's stable. And then you, you force an O3 on there with electricity. And now it's an O3 and it's ozone and it's very reactive, but it's also very antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal. It stimulates phase one and two of detoxification in the liver. And so not only does it boost your immune system, it's like a mega boost of oxygen for your white blood cells to be highly reactive in their immune response. Right. And so there's so many things, this thing, this machine does. And so not only are you detoxifying, like when you sit on a towel, some people, when they come out of the pocket, there's like black spots on the towel because their body is detoxifying like heavy metals and like toxins and all of that. But you know, like if this thing can like knock out like flus and colds in like a day, you know what I mean? And so it's also disrupts the membrane of bacteria. So in Lyme, for instance, it, like it, when ozone hits the membrane, it oxidizes it and breaks it and therefore the bacteria will break. And so a lot of treatments for Lyme is like IV ozone, but we don't like that one because it's very medical and very invasive. They have to take out like what a half a liter of blood or something mm. and they ozonate it and then put it back in. And so it can be really traumatic on your skin skin, but like, it's just very invasive. And a lot of people will herx very, very fast because ozone is so powerful. And so knocks them down really hard. 
and then they feel really sick. And it's just, it's like sprinting with ozone. Whereas with the Hocket, it's like jogging with ozone, right? Like you still get the effects, but you can do it more often over a longer period of time. So a lot of time with people with Lyme, as they're going through treatment, like their energy is so knocked out because their drainage pathways aren't open enough, mm. but doctors just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Ozone is very gentle, but again, we have to test people to see how they're handling it. Mm-hmm. And so, so we put them in the pocket like once a week, then twice a week. And then we just keep doing that. And if they're handling it well, then we do hyperbaric and hock it. Right. And then if they're not handling it well, then we pull them off of hock it a little bit. Right. And so we're just, it's, so that's what it is basically. So just a quick explanation of what would be the difference between hock it and hyperbaric. How do people know which one they should go for, which one they need, or would you just suggest both? So absolutely. Like if you want to hit like deep and hard, you want both. Right. So Lyme is anaerobic bacteria, which means they don't, they thrive in non-oxygenated environments. And so it's interesting. Think of ozone, like a weapon that goes and destroys it. And then think of the hyperbaric, which hyper oxygenates your body. It's starving it. Right. And so we're starving bacteria. We're making the environment of the bacteria very, very hostile with tons and tons and tons of oxygen. Like we take your oxygen saturation from 97% to about 2,500. Like your body is mega dosed with oxygen and it goes everywhere. Like it goes, that passes the blood brain barrier. Like there's nowhere that oxygen can't go when you use a hyperbaric chamber because. Am I getting too technical? Tell me if I'm getting too technical. No, this is, I think this is super important because you're talking, I mean, I'm learning right now. <laughs> like, the, I think this is super important to talk about what is the difference between Hockett hyperbaric and how do they work? Like this is carry on. This is great. Okay. So what happens when we're at normal, just human beings out in the world, we're using red blood cells to transport our oxygen and red blood cells can only carry X amount of oxygen molecules, right? Because of the hemoglobin in the red molecules, they can only take so many oxygen. And so when we put you in a hyperbaric chamber and we pressurize it, you're now using the plasma. So plasma is what the red blood cells kind of swim in. You know, so think of it as like a river with fish, right? The red blood cells are the fish and the river, the water is the plasma. So now we're actually using plasma to be a carrier of oxygen. So think of neural tissue, white tissue, like tendons and ligaments and joints that have lower red, like access to red blood cells, right? They heal slower. Like think of neural tissue. It heals a lot slower, white tissue, like tendons and ligaments. When you damage them, they heal a lot slower. When you cut a muscle, it heals fast, right? Because there's a lot of blood supply that goes to the muscle. When you cut a tendon, it takes months because there's low blood supply to help it heal. So when we put you in a hyperbaric chamber, we're actually bypassing red blood cells and we're using the plasma to transport oxygen to help things heal and repair. So you don't need the red blood cells to be the oxygen carrier anymore. You're using the plasma to be the oxygen carrier. And so now we are hyper flooding every aspect of the body because the plasma goes everywhere. It doesn't get blocked by anything. It's fluid, right? Mm -hmm. Red blood cells. Think of them like the fish. The fish can't get into these tiny Mm -hmm. like nooks and crannies, right? The fish can only go where the fish can fit. Right. But so now we take the fish out, we take the red blood cells out and we use the water, the plasma, and now oxygen can be flooded 
everywhere. And so everything heals faster, but now we can get to places where Lyme likes to hide out and likes to burrow, right? Those very like lower oxygenated areas like neural tissue. And so I'm just kind of curious. This is a little off note, just a little offshoot. When you explain that mechanism, like for people who are severely anemic and they're, they don't have enough iron to carry oxygen through their body and they're really exhausted, would this be beneficial then? Do they typically feel better and more energized? A hundred million percent. But now we're using the hyperbaric as a crutch. Right. Right. Got it. You're not fixing the right Right. problem. It's a bandaid. Totally. So, So yeah, like everyone that gets in the chamber, they're like, my energy is better. My inflammation, Mm -hmm. my brain fog is going away. It's like, yeah, because we're actually like getting more ATP production because we're getting more oxygen into your cells. Right. And so with Lyme, going back to Lyme, because Lyme is anaerobic and it likes to just burrow and like do its non aerobic stuff. (laughs) Anaerobic means without oxygen guys. I'm sorry if I didn't make that clear. So because they thrive in non oxygenated environments, when we hyper oxygenate the environment, they die. And so we typically can see herxing or like clients will feel the herxing. Like you got to explain herxing. So herxing is the (laughs) die off reaction of Lyme. And so it's often rashy. If you look up Herxheimer reaction, you will see pictures like there's rashes and people have brain fog and their symptoms kind of flare up just a smidge, but they will start herxing. Anybody detoxing can experience some of those herx reactions, Mm -hmm. even if they don't have Lyme. It can right. be like scary for some people, but it's like that flu-like symptoms mm-hmm. and that Herx reaction that can come from any sort of detoxing yeah. if your your pathways aren't properly open. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And so, so you need to keep pathways open and Hockett helps with that. It helps to open up pathways, but it also is a detox beast. So we yeah. have to be careful that we're not detoxing too fast and their pathways are open. You got to ease into it. But going back to the hyperbaric, So yeah, we're just, we're basically starving the bacteria by hyper oxygenating it. It's like pulling a fish out of water, right? Like fish can't breathe oxygen. They have to be in the water. Same thing with the lime. So now we're pulling the lime out of their non-oxygenated environment and we're hyper oxygenating it and they can't thrive and then they die. But what's really cool about hyperbaric for Lyme disease, let's go back to that analogy with the tree trunk, right? And the termites burrowing, right? hyperbaric oxygen therapy is a healing beast. It speeds up healing in the body. So now we're using the hyperbaric oxygen chamber to kill Lyme, but now we're also using it to heal the damage. So they're getting a double whammy, but that benefits them versus just killing Lyme. And now they're left with this like hangover of like, oh my gosh, there's so much decay in my body. What do I do now? Right. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really cool. And it's, it's kind of, I want to hear your experience because typically we would get like, people would finish the Lyme protocol. And then like, it's about three weeks later where they're like, holy cow, my energy's back. I'm walking. The brain fog's gone. How long is that protocol? It's two months. And here's the thing. It's like, Haley, why don't you talk to us about the protocol? (laughs) Tell us what it was like going through the protocol. How long was it? What did it feel like after you were done with the protocol? Like, tell us all the things. Yeah. Yeah. So do you remember, by the way, my first time doing the Hocket? I don't. Passed out. What? You did? Yes. I don't remember that. Yeah, I passed out and you and your mom helped me because I obviously it was like my body was just thrashed. Like wow. I couldn't even handle like one easy hocket. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, I, know, I don't even remember that. How I know, I know. Wow. Uh, yeah. So 
And I think you were like so nervous, like you were scared that that was going to scare me off or something. But I was like, no, obviously I need to do this because it's doing something for me. And of course, at that point, I was just like, throw it at me. Like, let's go. Let's go. But yeah, the Lyme protocol was once we were ready to start the hyperbaric. So before that, it was like doing the hocket and easing into that and getting my gut kind of in a good place. And then starting the hyperbaric with the hocket mm-hmm. and the hyperbaric was every day for what was it? Was it like two months, 40 days, 40 sessions and 40 you have to do it back to back. Like you can miss a few days here and there, but it's not encouraged. Yeah. Like yeah. You want to just pound and pound and pound because you want to, you want to just hit the lime over and over and you don't want them to be able to bounce back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's fairly intensive. Yeah. And I would say some of it is realizing and knowing just, I had already learned this also and continue to learn that, that sometimes when you're doing that stuff, you feel worse before you feel better. Mm -hmm. There is definitely a lot of that where you're feeling those Herx reactions or you're feeling a lot of symptoms still Mm -hmm. while you're getting better. And Mm -hmm. that can be really tricky on your mind itself because you're thinking like, shouldn't I just be feeling better because I'm doing all this stuff and it's supposed to be working. But that's people what that felt like, like feeling better and still sentiment. Like, can you explain what that means? Oh man. I mean, it's, you start to realize, oh, this is like, this means good things. Actually, Mm -hmm. these feelings and these symptoms are signs of improvement. And also getting those little inklings of like, oh, I feel like I haven't had this symptom in a while. And I didn't even notice for a little bit. Mm. Um, There's just, it is such a mind game. And when you're, you have all of that trauma and PTSD, like we've talked about, then it's really hard to just have a grasp on the good things that are happening because you're just, you keep looking for those things that are going wrong and the bad things. And I know I still feel this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can count countless times coming to you and like crying. This is still going on and I'm so worried and like all of that, but then still continually also getting better yep. and noticing it, especially the weeks after the years after um, noticing all the good, mm-hmm. good things and the symptoms just kind of dissipating. Yeah. Well, what's interesting too, is like, as I've been, you know, we've been, putting our Lyme protocol back together now that our chambers are open again. What's interesting is I now counsel all the Lyme people. I'm like, you have to do some emotional healing first before you actually get in the chambers, because mm-hmm. as you are doing your treatments, like you said, you will start herxing and then people get triggered. Right. Mm-hmm. And then that trigger shoots up your cortisol and now it's starting to exacerbate your symptoms. And now this isn't actually a Herxheimer thing. It's not even a Lyme thing. It's a PTSD. Yeah, it's thing. a PTSD. So thing. it starts to work against you. And so with mm-hmm. all of my clients, I'm like, go and do ketamine first. I'm like, yeah. you gotta go and do ketamine or, or something that resonates with you that is gonna get you out of that fight or flight response. For me and my research, ketamine is the fastest thing to get you out of that fight or flight response. The 
fastest. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, either you start ketamine before you do Lyme or our Lyme protocol, or you're doing it as we're doing the Lyme protocol, but they need to feel into it and see what feels good with them for them. Right. But just everyone be mindful as you're doing treatments and you're like, for instance, uh, someone that was interested in doing our Lyme protocol, she said how she was tested positive for Lyme. She did all these ozone treatments, went to Mexico, all the things. Right. And then she went to another doctor, got tested for Lyme. And he's like, your Lyme's not that bad. You shouldn't be that sick. And I told her, I can explain that to you. This is what's happening. It's this thing. The PTSD is inducing the symptoms. So the doctor was right, but he was also very insensitive. And I'm sorry. Right. Because Mm -hmm. that feels like gaslighting because she's like, well, I feel really sick still. And it's like, yes, because you have a lot of PTSD and our brains are really, really smart. And because this is a neurological issue, like it's that neurons that fire together, wired it together thing. Mm -hmm. So we are creating these symptoms that is like, again, creating more inflammation. And now, you know, like the Lyme damages your neural tissue. And now the cortisol is damaging the neural tissue. So it's mimicking Lyme. And so, so you experienced that a little bit where you, so you started doing the protocol. You're in the office every day for two months. Every day. Um, Yeah. You were like, things are getting better. Some symptoms are still there. You told listeners about a little bit of the PTSD when you were done. What was your experience? When I was done, it was, and I think this is where we talked about in Trader Joe's too, was um, a realization of the emotional work that I needed to do Mm -hmm. because I had gotten to a point where I had done everything Mm -hmm. and I had actually gotten rid of Lyme Mm -hmm. and could not believe it. Yeah. I couldn't so believe we're chasing it. ghosts, chasing ghosts. Yeah. Because again, so, neurons that fire together, wire together. You had that neural, that pathway in your brain yeah. that for years, right? Like you'd been dealing with this for years now and you're just like, it's still there. It's still there. It's, it's still, still there. I'm still terrified. Yeah. still terrified. Right. Yes. Yeah, like I'm never going to, it was like, I'm never going to figure this out. It's always going to be with me type thoughts. And like, I still feel this and I still feel that. And just, you feel like you're going crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like a crazy person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, ever since then, I have just been on a journey of like emotional healing, which also probably was like the biggest, scariest monster of all to me in wow. everything was the emotional healing because that was like further out there to me, like something that I was like, how do you even start? What do you do? And how do I? And also it wasn't like I had these huge, crazy, traumatic experiences in my life in comparison to a lot of other people. I felt like I had a really great normal childhood. I just, I didn't attribute like my trauma as being something that needed to be worked on. Mm -hmm. And nor did I know even where to begin in this process and learning all that I have realized that was what needed to be worked on from the beginning, the very Mm -hmm. beginning. Mm-hmm. And it took you guys pointing out my naturopath pointing out my functional medicine doctor, my husband, like everybody saying, I think that we've done everything. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time. I yes. think it's time to mm-hmm. look at this emotional, this emotional side of it. So if you were to put together the perfect Lyme protocol, what would it be? What would you have? If someone said to you, Haley, I have Lyme. What would you recommend? Oh, a hundred percent. Like we've said, the emotional work first Mm -hmm. Um, with any kind of healing protocol, I would do the emotional work first because I have 
I'm a big believer in that being one huge reason that you're there in the first place. Mm-hmm. So the emotional work first and then start those protocols, the stealth pathogen protocol, the detoxification pathways, all of those things, and then go to the healing. Mm-hmm. The- and so would you say that of all your therapies, like what was the most helpful? Let me rephrase this. Was the hyperbaric hocket? did you find that it was extremely effective in helping you with your Lyme? Yes. Okay. I think it was the most effective thing. And I will out wow. from the rooftops forever. I tell everybody that because I had done so much already mm-hmm. and I just couldn't quite get over it. I just couldn't get it totally treated. And I just knew, I knew that there was something that I could figure out or find or do that was going to do that. And that was finding the clinic. And that was hyperbaric. It was a game changer. I'm so happy to hear that. And because it's so different coming from you than me, right? Like I've seen Mm -hmm. the research, I've seen it help people. And I've seen other therapies that just knock people down, right? Like I said, hyperbaric does the killing and the healing at the same time. Right. Yeah. What's interesting is there's a Dr. Fife and she did a study. She took 38 Lyme patients diagnosed by CDC standards. You know, they had failed antibiotics, you know, the mainstream medical model. So Lyme patients failed the mainstream medical model. Like they are perfectly diagnosed with Lyme, chronic Lyme disease. And she took these 38 patients and did the hyperbaric protocol. So like, and you guys, soft shell chambers are very different to hard shell chambers. Like you cannot get deep enough in soft shell chamber. So the hyperbaric protocol is 2.4 atmospheres. So a soft shell chamber can only get you to 1.4. All right. 2.4 and 1.4 are very, very different depths. Very. Yes, different I just have to reiterate that please listen to Jonique because you will hear lots of different opinions on the hyperbarics and the soft shells being just as good or effective and they're not they're not so what the research so five she I think it's female I think it's like a Michelle five or something I could be wrong but (laughs) but I'm gonna say she She took 38 diagnosed Lyme people and did 40 hyperbaric sessions in two months on these people at 2.4 atmospheres. That's it. That's all she did. She didn't do Hockett. She didn't do stealth pathogen protocol. She didn't, she didn't do nutrition, like just hyperbaric. That was the only thing. And after those sessions, 37 out of the 38 reported back that they were better, right? Six years later, 70% of those patients were still better. So doing this protocol, according to that study, and it's the most extensive study, like everything else is like case studies, right? Like there's not a lot of stuff out there, but like, this is one of the biggest groups of hyperbaric at this protocol that I've seen as far as research goes, but you have a 70% chance of having your Lyme, I can't say cure or healed or something, being asymptomatic of Lyme, you have a 70% chance of being asymptomatic of Lyme six years later after doing the hyperbaric protocol. That's what this is. I think lots of people will say that you can put your Lyme into remission. You can say that you'll go in remission and you can stay there. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so what's interesting too, is like, there's a lot of therapies that, that 
can't say that, you know what I mean? And so people just, they're stuck on these, these like therapy merry-go-rounds and they're going here and they're going there and they're doing this and they're doing that. And it's just costing an arm and a leg. And yeah. so my hope is as you've heard Haley's story and as you've heard about all this research and all the different therapies that you do your own research, right? And you really go internal and be like, what is going to be most helpful for me? Starting with the emotional PTSD trauma stuff is number one. If you're working with a doctor and they're not addressing this, go find someone else or find someone who will help you. Haley, is there anything else you want to say regarding your story, any tips or advice that you would give people that are really struggling with Lyme disease right now? Or even just anything with health. I mean, not necessarily advice with health, but I mean, we have so many people who are like, I don't know if it's Lyme or I'm just struggling with this thing. And the mental hump is the hardest Mm -hmm. and you've been through it. Like whether it's Lyme or whether it's another health issue, you've been through that journey. Yeah. And, and like I said, that emotional work is the most important. It's not even just about the PTSD from doing all the health stuff. It's from like learning to process emotions and how to be with stress, mm-hmm. not, not stuffing those feelings away and really addressing all of those things, addressing trauma. That has been the biggest thing for me and something I'm still working on. And I think a discouraging thing to me was to think that this was just going to take forever and being this and just be an ongoing long thing. And I have learned that health and being healthy is an ongoing lifelong process. Mm-hmm. And to the acceptance of like that and it being this lifelong process of having good health um, really helped calm me down as far as the trauma of, of the search of being healthy and hitting one spot and then being done. It just, it just isn't that way. And it, it would continue to traumatize me if I thought of it that way. I love the, the saying that a healing is a journey and not a destination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's something like, Hey, let's start enjoying it. You know, like healing actually can be in flow and it can be fun and like buckle up. Like we're in for a ride here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And really that acceptance of all of it, it brings so much more calm and peace to everything you have going on and you can heal faster mm-hmm. with the acceptance of the things that are going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was huge for me beyond that. The hitting things like stealth pathogens, like something when you really, if you want like a health advice, like parasites was a huge thing for me. Huge. And that's huge with Lyme. Mm -hmm. I've heard two things that 90% of people have parasites or Mm -hmm. if you have a pulse, you have a parasite, meaning if you are alive, you have parasites. Yeah. Yeah. Which blows people's minds because they're like, what? I thought that was just like going to third world countries. And how do you have those? Like, it's pretty mind-blowing to a lot of people. What's really interesting is in our gutsy Zoom calls, two of our members have mentioned, or was it just one of our mentions who members that mentioned that doing a parasite cleanse actually balanced her hormones out. You mm-hmm. know, and it like right. went from like 50-day menstrual cycles to 28 days normal cycles. You know, and so a lot of time, like we may have these really obscure symptoms, not thinking it's caused by parasites, but parasites can cause a lot of issues. Like we should all be doing some kind of parasite cleanse at least once in our lives, you know, mm-hmm. if not 
two or three times. Once or twice a year, maybe. <laughs> right, exactly. And so I kind of touched on this earlier, but like Lyme kind of cohabitates or is exacerbated with co-infections like parasites and mm-hmm. And, you know, like bad bacteria. And so cleaning out your gut just really like with a parasite cleanse. And I really, really love the cell core pathogen protocols, right? Because it gets heavy metals, it gets yeast, it gets parasites. Like it's very, very effective. And it's like a four to six month thing that like it just gets rid of what we like to call the white noise in mm-hmm. the body. It just, it's like doing a deep clean in your house that you've never, like of a house that you've never deep cleaned before. Right. And so it's like, let's just deep clean your gut and get everything out that is causing decay and exacerbating these symptoms, like clean it out. And then we can see how your body does. And a lot of the times that does it, you know, a lot of people like I haven't experienced this, but the person who trains me in cell core says that they're like, when people are doing cell core to do Lyme, they don't actually touch the Lyme until the very end of the protocol. And he said, a lot of the people actually don't need to do the Lyme supplements towards the end because they're already feeling better because yeah. they cleared out all the white noise. Right. And so just some food for thought for people. Totally. That plays into my broader perspective of Lyme mm-hmm. in yes. is, and what I've learned as well. And it, it matches up with that, that it's like, it's not this obscure, it doesn't have to be, I guess is what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be that big, scary thing that's hard to treat and you're never going to get rid of and have to do all this crazy treatments in Mexico and spend all this money. It doesn't have to be that when you realize that there's just so many different things at play with it. And for me in realizing that alone just helped with the PTSD helped with the the symptom chasing. And that was huge for me too, was symptom chasing was just like nonstop. Well, I have this. So now what supplement or what protocol do I need to do for this? And then it just wasn't helpful in the end. That broader perspective will help you to have more clarity and peace of mind than trying to hit every little symptom and working at, everything one by one by one. It was exhausting. Yeah. Haley, this has been so good. Mm -hmm. good. What do you think, Gina? Oh my gosh. This has been amazing. Really? Really? I'm so glad I ran into you at Trader Joe's. (laughs) I know. It was was because you've actually been on my mind a ton. So I'm just going to quickly tell a story. I've been talking with a lot of Lyme patients lately and I'm just like, man, I wish I could just pick Haley's brain. I wish I could pick <laughs> her brain and just like, like get her perspective and kids, you not a week later, like the universe and Trader Joe's. And then I'm just like, Oh my God, this is so good. I and know. And I, earlier this week, we're like, I told her, I'm like, I want to do a Lyme podcast. And she's like, we should get a guest on. And I'm like, I know exactly who we should get on. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so fun too, because it's so fun to actually live and like experience Tristan through people like you and his legacy and the energy he brought and how much he cared and how much he loved and his wisdom and to see what a a difference it made in your life. And, you know, I only met Tristan, I think the last year of his life. And so I knew him in this really short timeframe, but, you know, to hear like stories and experiences that go years back is really beautiful. So that was just a really impactful experience for me to hear through you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. 
it was a gift for me as well. And it just makes me really emotional because I want people to remember him. And I just got a text from one of my coaches who said that her client that she was working with used to work with Tristan and they were just kind of reminiscing and bonding on that. And then when she was done with that client, she left the office building and there was a rainbow outside of the office. And it was like, and for new <laughs> listeners, if they don't know, Tristan reveals himself as rainbows in our yeah. lives and everyone's life. And so when he died, it was like this enormous amount of rainbows. And on the day Everywhere. of his funeral, on the day of his funeral, there was a double rainbow over Provo. And it's just like when my mm, kids goosebumps. George, when my kids <laughs> went to St. George, I told them, Hey, look for dad in St. George, you know. And it's funny, I had followers being like, There's a rainbow here in St. George. The day my kids went to St. George, like there's just rainbows that follow us everywhere. And it's just really beautiful. And now I have followers that send me rainbows all the time. So you guys keep <laughs> sending me rainbows. Like I just I love it. Like he's still here. He's yeah. still, he's still a part of this. He's still a part of our lives. Sure. Is. Yeah. Hey, for sure. Listeners, if you have any questions, please reach out to us. We would love to answer that. If you are curious about our Lyme protocol, call Provo Health. The number is 801-691-1765. I am actually talking to all the Lyme people right now. You just sit down and talk with me. It's not even a paid consult. I just want to talk to you about your Lyme and see like if this protocol is good for you. So reach out, like we want to help you and we want to give you resources. And so we are happy to serve you in any capacity that you need. So reach out and you guys will talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Gutsy Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from this episode. For more updates, follow us on Instagram at Gutsy Health Podcast.